T to G to R F to A. Thank God it's good. Thank God it's good. Thank God it's Good Friday. That's right. This is not just First Friday. It is First Friday, but it's also Good Friday. Or as they say in Spanish, Friday. Holy Friday. Or well, they say Friday. Friday Holy. holy. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm Brother Luke Orwicky. I'm Brother Andrew Tori. And this is TGIFF episode. Lent is coming to an end and Easter is on the horizon, but we're going to talk about something that has a lot to do with Good Friday. That's right. And that is the mystery of evil. And suffering, because nothing is worse than God himself dying on the cross. Nothing. And that actually is a great way to begin this reflection, because a lot of times you say, or people might say, and we've all asked that question too, if God is good, or even if God exists, why mm-hmm. are there people dying of hunger? Why are there terrorist attacks? Why are there innocent children that die of some illness? I think starting from Good Friday is actually the key to to not necessarily understanding this mystery, but at least being able to reconcile a good God who loves us, and that's true, and suffering, and the, the reality of suffering. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, a difficult, it's probably the most difficult question that anybody can ever ask in life. And so it's not like we're going to offer this, you know, clean-cut solution within the next 35 minutes. But um, but we can sort of, like, look at it from different perspectives. We can look at the problem of suffering. Um, obviously, from Christ's life himself, he, he takes it on. Uh, he, he, he takes on the evil one in the final final showdown on Good Friday. Um, he... He, he is the so which we'll, we'll find he is the solution to, to the problem of evil. We'll also look at you know the problem of suffering from from a philosophical point uh, viewpoint, um, other theological perspectives from a cinematographical ah even yes there's the other or, or literature there's a lot of I mean this literature. is like Lord of the Rings like this is a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's getting written about this yeah because it's something that everyone has experienced yeah and it's something that we can't the fact that there's that we're always talking about this or at, at least through the centuries. The fact that different authors, different uh, songwriters, um, religious leaders—the fact that this, like this theme of like you know, you know, the innocent, an innocent child suffering—how do you explain that? And the fact that we we're always talking about this means that we can't ever give a completely satisfactory answer. But we think that there should be an answer, or that we should be able to at least find some type of response. That satisfies. Like it's kind of like that thing. Like you wouldn't look for it unless it did somewhere exist. Right. Exactly. So there is an there is a response, but maybe not one that we we're gonna find tomorrow reading some magazine. Exactly. You know? uh, and that response, as we said, begins with and ends with Christ, who loves us so much that He dies on the cross today for us. Yeah, the cross. And I was um. There's one of those things that we do these retreats each year, um, silent retreats, and. There's meditations like we go through and we'll reflect on Christ's life, also reflect on creation, we'll also reflect on sin and this topic of suffering. When you get to Christ's resurrection, it's always hard. Why? Because none of us ever experienced mm-hmm. what it's like to rise from, from death, you know. Uh, but all of us have a, I mean, simple time, like I guess relatively speaking, reflecting on the passion of Christ. It's not easy, but we can all enter in because we've been hurt, we've been, uh, we've suffered nothing compared to what he suffers and suffered on Good Friday. But that's kind of, I don't know, something that brings us all together and makes this topic, I think, especially interesting and hopefully helpful for all of you that are listening. Is that something we've all experienced and we all want answers 
Right, and this is where we, we need a, um, an injection of hope because suffering, if there's one thing that we can count on in life, it's suffering. Uh, AKA 2020-2021 pandemic. Exactly. Cont- hopefully not to be continued, but who knows. Yeah. Um, but if there's one thing that, right, that we're always going to have suffering. Suffering is our, is our lot. But it's not our only lot. No. Um, and so we have to figure out a way, since, we're, since we follow Jesus, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, we have to, we have to trust that to this most complex uh, enigma of human existence, that he also offers a solution. Even though perhaps in our minds or even in our hearts we can't to- quite totally get our hands on it, at least he gives us material to work with. So should we dive in? I think we should. Let's do it. I want to hear what Brother Andrew has been thinking about because we both kind of proposed this theme to each other and it was kind of proposed to both of us by someone else. We thought, you know what? This is a great theme to talk about. Uh, yeah, like, kind of like what we've already talked about because it's it's common to all of us, this experience. And so we both kind of done our research, but in different degrees. But Andrew probably read like 10 books. <laughs> and I just kind of no. like looked up at the stars and was hoping that something would you were hoping that's, like a light would go the, off that's the right path hoping there you go <laughs> um but yeah but andrew what can i just start with a question this is a zinger let's see. do it all right so basic question but i think we all have it how do you reconcile the fact that they're suffering and sometimes very unjust suffering for a lot of people and the fact that god is good god is loving god is all-knowing god is all-powerful yeah how yeah well <laughs> listen world to my uh, my answer. <laughs> and again, like, this is something that we've been thinking about maybe like, our whole lives a little bit, but spe- like, specifically the last couple of days, week, whatever. Right, yeah. It's an important question because, because there, there seems to be a contradiction. If God, if God exists, if he is all good, if he is uh, all powerful, um, and if evil exists, how, how, is, how is that possible? Exactly. How, how in the world is that possible? Because um, if evil really does exist then that must mean that, well, you know, if God's all good, he, he necessarily wills good for all of us. Um, Have you seen Bruce Almighty? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed harder than that one scene where he makes <laughs> – everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he said they got to, like, mimic exactly his weird oh my gosh, that jargon that he's saying uh-huh. on live, live news. Um, so because I, I think of Bruce Almighty because it's like, okay, wow, this guy – Jim Carrey gets a chance to be God. Uh-huh. And so we all kind of, like, if we put ourselves in those shoes, we're like, oh, I know what I would do. The first thing we all think of, I think, well, maybe, like, after we get, like, I don't know, a Lamborghini or something, would be to end suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm God, I'm going to stop. I Like, no more evil, no more poverty, no more hunger, no more, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, unjust and, lives and, being taken. And, and politicians throughout the centuries have proposed programs like that. Yeah. So back to the question. Yeah. What's going on? So we have to. We ha- this. This is a question that we need to try to answer because if if we can't answer it, then either God doesn't exist, or He's not all good, or He's not all powerful, um, or He doesn't will um, happiness. You know, deep happiness for His creatures. And so if we can't if we can't figure this out, then then something something's then something's got to give. <laughs> then something's got to give. Something's got to give way. Yep. I think the best way to approach this is is by understanding whenever whenever you have like a problem or there's a disagreement with somebody or something is something is unclear, um, you have to clear up the terms. Like, in other words, like what does this word mean that you're saying? And then once you once you sort of define your terms, 
Then you go to like the next level. Okay, when we combine these terms together, let's say for instance, we say by God we mean um, the, the the being who who's who is being itself, who created the universe, um, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we sort of define who, who God is. Okay. And then we would do, we would do the same for like evil, for happiness, for free will. Define terms. That's and then important. and then once you define your terms, you can go on to you you combine those terms. Okay. You combine words to form phrases or declarations or statements. Like for instance, God is all good. Okay. So God is this being by which we mean this, and then good means um, that which everything desires. It's kind of a philosophical. Um, definition, like what we all seek. Yeah, what's desirable, what, exactly. What we all seek is, is good in general. And then once you clear up, so you clear up your terms, you clear up your, your statements, and then you go through the reasoning process. Um, because sometimes there are, there, are, there are fallacies, there are there are sort of wrong turns that we take in the way that we combine our terms, mm -hmm. the way that we combine uh, our phrases together to form a conclusion, right? What, what logic calls a syllogism. I think I know where you're going with this. Are you about to give us the philosophical definition of evil? I think we should talk about what evil is. Do you remember from your philosophy days, Brother Luke? So I see. It, so so I'm going way back here. So, so being is, all being is good. All being is good. Because it is. It is, because it can be desired. Yes. And good is what everything desires. Yes. And so, and so evil is the opposite of good. AKA, if everything that is is good and everything that's good is, uh -huh. then w what is evil is not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, in other words, evil is, what's the philosophical term, privation? Evil is, yeah. is a lack, is, is a, a lack a of lack being. Of, a lack of, of necessary being. Lack of is. Right, so... This sounds really abstract, folks, but okay, let's imagine let's imagine a guy who's 80 years old and he has cataracts in his eyes. Okay? He can't see. So, it's bad that he can't see because his eyes are made to to see <laughs> and he and he can't do it. And so there's a lack of there's there's a lack of goodness that he should have in his eyes. Or the same thing for a couple that's infertile and that can't have children, you know that that huge cross. Um there, there's an evil there because um, the reproductive system is made to, to have children. And there's something that's going on there that it, it's, it's just it, something is, something's missing. And so one, one theory uh, on evil that would go against what we're saying is that, okay, there's this – so we know who God is and we kind of already defined our terms, right? And then there's evil, which is like this other power that's kind of like battling it out against God as if exactly. there's like these two – Equal forces, but that'll actually go Duking against out, yeah. that'll go against the term that we used. Like I guess if you were really getting to the nitty gritty, if God is what is is being itself, then there can't be another being equal to Him because He is being. So if anything else is, right, it has to be lesser than Him because it's only it only is because He is. So it has to be less is than He is. You got you got that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, we're throwing out the theory that uh, evil exists on par with God. So that's why they're still evil because yeah, God is really powerful and really loving, but you're basically saying, well, God is not all powerful and all loving. If there's some other force that escapes His exactly His grandeur and His yeah. And, and actually, Saint Augustine converted from this way of thinking. So Saint Augustine, he was this famous 
um, bishop and father of the church uh, like 1,500 years ago, and he was, he was a Manichaeist. And so these guys said what exactly you just said. There's the, in, the, in the universe, there's these two forces. There's good and there's evil. Um, and this is an, it's, it's a very e um, tidy way of, of organizing the way you think about the world because it's, oh, there's oh, – there's because we all see good, we all see evil, uh, and that's just the way it is. But if you were to say that, that means that, well, um, the God that is revealed in the Old Testament and the New Testament does not correspond with this way of looking. Mm -hmm. um, and we always have to – when we're trying to grapple with these questions about – about God, about life, we always have to cling to the Bible and cling to the church. Um, and so in the Bible, as you said earlier, God is being itself because he says to Moses, you know, I am who I am. Yeah, when he asks for his name, he responds, I am. I am who I am. So that's being. I am. Exactly. And so there's, so he's not, he's not on par with this other e evil, theoretical evil being that's out there. And also – we can't say that God created evil because evil, like you said, is a lack of being. And so you can't create a lack of something. Like, like I know that might be kind of abstract for you guys at home to consider, um, but it's like like you can only do things – you can't even, – even I have tr trouble difficult, difficulty explaining. You can't um, – you, you, These can't, are the lessons you can't take and, away. Yeah. These are lessons in philosophy where you leave the classroom with like a big headache. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're, we don't want to share that headache with you, but these are, these are important things that can maybe help us uh, approach a satisfactory response to this mystery. Yeah, exactly. But the main point, the main point that we're trying to say here is that there's, there's, no like, there's not like these two um, competing realities of good and evil. But we're still at a cross. We're still at a difficult point because, like, well, how do we? Well, what is evil? Because we see it. We these, you know, we see children suffering. We see, we see uh, families breaking up. We see people who are hungry. We uh, see selfishness. We see it in ourselves. Yeah. We see Saint Paul talk about it. Like, why do I do these things? I don't want to do. Yeah. It's a reality that none of us can deny. Yeah. So, so we're in trying to clear up what evil is. <laughs> evil is not. <laughs> That's what, what we what we figured out. Um, we have to clear up other terms, which will help us advance further. So we have other terms like happiness that we need to figure out. Mm. We have other terms like um, free will. Um, we have another one is, let's see, happiness, evil, free will, um, and, and who, who God is. Yeah. And so the next one is, um, is, is really interesting. I think we should talk about free will because we all have experience of being – we're free human beings, right? You know, you and I came down here to the studio. We decided to record this episode. Uh, nobody forced us to do it. Uh, well, you sent me a text reminding me, and that and that conditioned me. Oh yeah, that's right. I need to. I need to but I still left you free, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or for whoever's. We're all we all we all decide, right? Um, what to do. Now there are some people who say, ah, well, you know, um, we're determined. Like some people, like Sam Harris, who's a popular philosopher today, he says that he denies free will. He says that um, you know we're all, we're completely conditioned by the reality around us, by um, heredity, by our environment. And it's true that we are affected by those. I speak English because I was born in the United States. Uh, or I have um, – I'm losing my hair because uh, somewhere in the chain of – my genetic chain of my family, like that's just the way – that's what happens to the men. Yep. Um, so we're partially conditioned by, by those things. But we still decide um, what to do. So we're not completely conditioned. And so I'm a Cowboys fan because I lived in Australia for four years. 
exactly. But that's a long story, so we don't get into that. Keep da- going. Wait, I thought Dallas. I thought it was Dallas Cowboys. It is. That's why I say it's a long story. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a long story. But it all started in Perth, Australia. So, so how do we? How can we explain evil? If God is all, if God is all good, how can we explain evil? With by clearing up the term free will. Okay, so I heard this. This uh, mystery has been tackled by the greatest minds, and one of the minds that I love to listen to is Father Mike Schmitz. Oh, yeah. And he gave an example of a video game that he played. Um, this was a few months ago. I was listening to this, uh, this podcast and uh, with his nephew about Superman and Batman. And basically the back plot of this video game is that Superman has, because of like these tricks that Joker played on him, has just killed Lois Lane, mm. right? And their child, I guess they had a child in this video game. And basically he's, he, he kind of snaps out of this spell, realizes what he's done, and says, okay, that's it. I'm going to put a stop to evil forever. And so Superman goes on this rampage killing everyone that's evil, mm-hmm. killing anyone that has bad intentions. Yeah. And Batman stands up to him because he sees – which this is a, it's a good intention, right? To stop evil is a good intention. Sure. But Batman puts a limit on in Superman. He says, no, you can't do that. Why? Because that's tyranny. Because now you're no longer allowing people to make free choices. And I think by that example, what he's getting at is that he's, he's going closer to what you're saying, but is the importance of free will. So to understand free will well, because there's a lot of other like, random ideas out there um, that aren't necessarily true, will help us understand this question better. Because... If Superman or if God decides, okay, I'm going to just, like, zap people before they make any evil choices, mm-hmm. and that way the world's going to be great. Yeah, also, like, the movie Minority Minority Report. There like, you go. Like, they're, like, stop the crimes before they actually happen. So, I mean, it sounds maybe to some people like an ideal world, but then you think about it in your own life. Uh, like, I don't want someone always monitoring me, and then, like, there's a, there's a restriction on our free will, and that today especially is – like, like there's no tolerance for that. Like, mm-hmm. and no one can step on my and can restrict my free will. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think we can all agree on that free will, we need it. But what is it? Right. Yeah. So free will is the ability to to make choices and orient our life in in a in a definitive way. Um, many um, contemporary theologians re- refer to freedom as a freedom for excellence of of developing my potentialities as, as a human being um, towards, especially towards God, in whom we find full plenitude of, of life. Um, so freedom for excellence, not just freedom from constraints or different things, but freedom mm. for, for an excellence, freedom for. excellence of life. Um, so looking at free will, we have to say that if, if we don't have free will, we can't, we're not human. And so in creating us in his image and likeness, God gave us the ability to, to understand, to, to form ideas, to, to form concepts in our minds, to, to see things around us, to, to, to understand how things work. I can know, I can learn. And, and ultimately, I can love. And I can love. So all of those things are things that uh, an otter can't do or Jupiter can't do or the furthest galaxy or, or a log no, none of these things can do though that, that only human beings can and so if god um, wanted a world in which um, 
there was no suffering, he would have had he would have to create a world in which there were no human beings. In other words, that there would be no free will. Because free will is an integral part of who we are. You can't say human being without also saying free will. And that's why I think, like you were saying just now, um, you know, in, in recent times, freedom, independence, autonomy, these are, these are ideas about what it means to be human that we value so much, especially, I mean, in states like freedom, you yeah. know, or, or Mel Gibson, you know, in uh, Braveheart. In Scotland. So, so, um, so freedom is, we all intuitively recognize that it's, it's such an important thing. And if we, and that, that's because we have free will. Mm-hmm. And if we have free will, that means we can love. But what, what, which is the greatest thing ever. Freedom for. Freedom for. But if we can't, if God takes away our ability to, to have free will. Then or to ta- not love. Then he takes away our ability to love. The upside is that, well, there's no, we don't have an, we can't, we can't harm other people, right? Because I can't freely choose to harm somebody because I don't have freedom. And so that's one way to solve the problem. But what also happens is, well, then the greatest thing in the universe can't happen. I, I can't, I can't love. You can't lay down your life, as Christ says. This is the greatest. There's no greater love. In other words, there's no greater act. There's nothing greater. There's nothing superior and more sublime and more beautiful and noble than someone who lays down the life. In other words, that cares about the other person's good more than their own. There's nothing greater. And again, on Good Friday, we contemplate the greatest act of any human and he was fully human and also fully god and he shows us this is the way to fullness of life this is the way to true happiness which we haven't talked about yet yeah to define that term yeah what what is really what is happiness because that's also something we get promised left and right around every corner there's someone telling us that until you buy this product or until you mm-hmm. climb up the ladder until you have this amount of success you can't have this happiness that I want I want to give you at a certain price or but like what what is happiness I remember a couple years ago in Florence um, Florence is about two hours three hours north of, of Rome I was I think I was visiting with my parents I was walking down like the main road uh, there in Florence and, and of course Florence is I mean it's it's a beautiful city um, the architecture is just stunning um, I think Galileo is buried there Dante is buried there uh, it's just it's just amazing. Da Vinci. I was, I, I, I was yeah. walking down the main the main road, and on either on both sides of the road there were all these shops. Like you can imagine, like Gucci and um, Prada, and like all these all these designer. Well, Florence is known especially for its leather. It's a lot of leather shops and just a lot of ritzy, glamorous. Real shopping people. spree, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I went with my thick wallet, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I just felt I I was walking through, and I just felt so free um really i just felt so free walking walking in the middle between all those shops um and this isn't this isn't virtuous this is just it's just i i felt like i i, I didn't need any of those things to be, hmm. to, be to be happy I, d- I didn't need i just felt so um complete and full because i could see the temptation that other people sadly have um who in some strange way or another, have I guess haven't received that grace yet to to find fullness of life. You know, I imagine I may mean, imagine people who are. I mean, not everybody there is like you know, <laughs> just because you walk in a store doesn't mean you're yeah. depraved, right? Yeah. But um, of course not. But I just felt so. I just felt so uh, 
happy and at peace. Because um, you didn't need that. You didn't need those right. things. And none of us need things. We don't need other things besides God. Right. I mean, we need things to, to survive, right? To, yeah. We need food to live and all these things. Yeah. But existentially, we don't need those yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and so what is happiness? Well, in English, we think of the word – happiness is kind of related to the word happen. Okay? And I think there's an older word like hap, which, mean, which, which means like fortune or good luck, like by hap. It happened by, by – or happenstance, right? It's another – it's just things that just kind of happen. Like uh, like the wheel of fortune just uh, landed on your favor, you know. So happiness, the way that we're speaking of, is don't you make an app called a hap? The hap app, the happy app. I'm sure there must be. There must be an app. I will look it up after this. (laughs) So so happiness um, today, we all think of it as this sort of feeling that we have, a feeling of oh, I'm so happy and. And then butterflies ten, and, and ten minutes later that you're different, you know, and like oh you received a bad piece of news and you know, oh, I have to, I don't know, have to go bring bring the trash out to the to happiness the happens to me every morning as the way you just described it every morning, <laughs> when I take that first sip of coffee. Oh man, I would. Is well, that the happiness you're talking well, about? Well, the coffee. Well, what kind of coffee do you drink? Because if it's the same coffee that I drink at breakfast, it's like it's a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Not every morning. Most mornings, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes but I'm definitely happier no matter what after I take that first sip than when I was before yeah. that first. Yeah, I'm definitely happy when I have the when I drink the Colombian coffee that some of the brothers bring. Oh my god, that's good so stuff. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's happiness. Anyways, so so back. Or to is cl- it back to clearing up uh, happiness? Happiness is not a subjective feeling. Okay, folks? So don't think that just because you're sad, you can't also be happy. Okay? I know that sounds like a contradiction. It kind of does. It's only a contradiction if you consider both as subjective states. Okay? But happiness isn't by a subjective state. I just mean like what you personally, Brother Andrew, what you personally, Brother Luke, are feeling in the moment. Okay? That is outside of our control. That is that hap- that stuff happens to you. Um, somebody in your family dies. Um, you don't get into the university that you're requesting. Um, you trip and you break your your ankle. Um, all these things happen. You, you can't control them. Okay. One approach that people wanted to sort of s- obtain this happiness a long time ago was stoicism. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so some people say, like, to be happy, to be at peace, you just need to accept all of these things, you know, as they come and don't let it bother you, okay? There is a wisdom in that, but, but Christ preaches a different type of wisdom. Um, he says that blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Sounds like hope. Or blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Or blessed are the pure. Are those who hunger and thirst. Exactly. Righteousness. Blessed are they. And so Jesus is saying that these people are, are blessed, are, are happy, sometimes it's translated in the gospel. Even though, objectively, they seem to be in this, they're, they're, they're crying, yeah. or, or, or they're, they're being persecuted. Or, or they're hungry. and Exactly. Yeah, they're missing something, it exactly. seems. It, it does. It does. See, it, and, and they are, they, you know, perhaps they are. You know, they're being, being mistreated in some way, you know. Um, but Jesus r- wants to reframe our happiness. He wants to reframe that not around, uh, you know, a subjective state like today I feel this way or tomorrow I feel this way or I'm, I'm worried about this, worried about that. He wants to he wants to reframe it all on okay, 
Who's your center? Who's the center in your life? Are you worried about um, what other people think about you? Are you worried about how much you weigh? Are you worried about um, getting more money? The way you look, getting more money. Are you worried about what that person said about you? Exactly. These are things that we all experience. How many likes you get on Instagram? Yeah. Fame. It's sad. Yeah, exactly. These are the things that we all sort of grapple with throughout life in, in different ways, right? Nobody's exempt from these. Um, but but Jesus says that, okay, like I, I get those problems, but, you know, there's only one thing that's necessary, and Mary has chosen the better part. And it's interesting, too, because those things that we were just listing, they're things that normally kind of bring us sadness. So, like, me thinking a lot about what the person said about me, me – like, yeah, overthinking my physical appearance and my weight. Me, uh, I'm thinking a lot about, wow, I thought this video was going to be a huge success and mm-hmm, three mm-hmm. people liked it and yeah. two of them are my mom and my dad, <laughs> you know? And I love you, mom and dad. And, uh, but no, just as an example, um, hypothetical, of course. Yeah, yeah. But totally. these things, even though they bring us sadness, we kind of obsess over them. And yeah. so it doesn't really make sense. Like, what's, I think there might be something a little bit off with us, but we haven't really talked about concupiscence yet, but it's out there too, right? That, that, is, that and, is what we need to talk about. And yeah. there's something that like, even though we know, okay, I'm going to go down, the, I've gone down this road and it has not brought me true s- fulfillment and satisfaction. Right. You know what? I'm going to go down that road again. I'm going to yeah. start thinking again about what that person said and like hold on to resentment, which yeah. we've talked a lot about this month on our Instagram page, right. tgiff.podsquad, just a <laughs> shout out. Uh, that was a great commercial, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we're back. And so it, it's interesting because we're, we're talking about these things. So why is it – we can all kind of ask ourselves maybe in this moment, like why is it that I keep putting so much focus on those things if I know from experience that a lot of times I'm, I'm left a little bit emptier after yeah. after like kind of spending my energy worrying about those things or thinking about those things? I can, From my personal experience, I can say that I go down those routes because I've – of two things um one either i've not tasted um the ineffably amazing presence of god or two i've forgotten it and so um i can tell you time and time again throughout my process of of conversion these past um 10 years and continuing um Every time I look for something that doesn't quite satisfy me, and I, or, or I, th- I know this is not going to satisfy me, or I'm trying to find, I'm trying to fill like a little hole, and I, and I'm maybe in somebody else, and something that I'm doing, an activity, whatever, it always sort of ends like, like with an anticlimactic finale, like yeah, yep, and it's always a, a reminder for me, okay, wh- wh- you know, where's, what's the center of your life? And I'm so gl- so glad you just said that. All right, keep going. So like, want to take that? Yeah. So like, 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 so Bishop Aaron, he often says, okay, you need to define the center in your life, and and everything around it has to be has to be organized, just like a like a rose window, like we've used this, this mm. image before. Yep. Like a rose window in in a great Gothic cathedral. It's so beautiful. It's you know like you have like it's like a it's like a wheel, a concentric circle. Everything is beautifully organized around it because there's a center, and and that that. And modern art, one of the reasons why modern art is ugly is because there's there's no order. <laughs> it's just there's like a lot of these just random things just splotch. I mean, some of it's maybe interesting, thought provoking. It's you know, it's some of it maybe it expresses. Like I can think of like um, Picasso, you know, like the famous 
um, Guernica. It's a famous painting. I think it's about you know he's trying to explain mm. the terrors of war. Yeah. So like I get that, but but there's a lot of ugliness when you don't have order, and there's and and inside of us we we feel uh, un- unrest or something's not right or, <laughs> and it's because we don't have the center defined, and that's <laughs> even though it might, we might have it defined in our minds, having it defined also in the way we live. Um, it takes it takes patience and it takes a lot of trust. Yeah, and there is something too like spontaneity. Like a lot of times when I think happiness, I think of a day where I don't have to worry about doing fifteen different things. I can just be. I can just live. I can yeah. just enjoy. Yeah, into that, I, I I think I agree. And we all need those <laughs> moments. And that's like the seventh day of creation, right? Where God worked and worked. He had an order and there was there was a purpose. But then in the seventh day, He rested. But that that rest even has a purpose. Like there's like spontaneity is great, but again, like we we're free for something not just free from so like even those days where it's like oh, i don't have to do anything like i'm free from all these mm-hmm. uh, obligations and rules and things and and schedules but even then on those days unless there's like a purpose like there was something they would always tell us i really hadn't heard this before i was a legionary but we're coming up to vacation in the summer we're all really excited because you know the first couple of years especially and uh, as, a leg- as a legionary are, are tough and you have your strict schedule you're waking up at five something every day mm-hmm. And you're working, you're praying, yeah, like you're folks, studying. Folks, let me let me complain real quick. On the weekends, we we still get up at five forty-five. Like it's fifteen minutes on That's the weekend. In for so us. so Monday through Friday, we get up at five thirty, and then on the weekends, we get an extra fifteen minutes. <laughs> five forty-five. It's like, come on. Exactly. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox. Continue. But yeah, that's something <laughs> I was just complaining about with yesterday with a brother. But, um. But yeah, and so there's there's order and things. But so on vacation, we're getting ready for vacation, and the father said, "If you want to have a really good vacation, don't think about yourself. Don't think about your own happiness." And that's something I really hadn't heard of before because a lot of times we think vacation and we just envision going to the beach, having a beer or whatever, just like like me time, like just doing my thing. Yeah. But there's something. There's a real secret. Good Friday again, of finding happiness when we don't think about ourselves, when we dedicate our lives to other people, mm-hmm. and. That like that's the key to the the joy that we see, uh, and hold on, and a lot of saints that have gone before us, mm-hmm. that they had this road, they had this joy, and sometimes it was even like a somber joy. It wasn't like they're always giddy, right? But it's because they had made a choice, and every day they they uh, again responded with a yes, with Mary's beautiful fiat, saying, "I choose again to let God work through me to be an instrument of His mercy and an instrument of His light." There's there's a real key to uh that i mean that that's a secret that's yeah. like when we we have look we look at suffering and brother angel and i i kind of exclaimed ah, i like that you said that earlier is because that for me is one of the keys to answering this question and so um as we were sort of like wrapping up this episode we don't have like, the answer i'm gonna leave brother Andrew other time to say other things too but one thing for me especially is that when we when we notice in this life and it's going to happen today and tomorrow and next week and next month so just get ready uh, you're, there's going to be disappointments and there's going to be suffering, right? Um, we're going to be asked to do sacrifices. But if we are able to, each time we experience that kind of lack or that evil, like we've said, is like this lack of being, we're able to go back to our center, like Brother Andrew has been insisting, and I love that, then we're going to kind of get into this pattern that's going to lead us to fulfillment, lead us to happiness, because it's a pattern that follows Christ's life. It's mm-hmm. going back to the Father. Why did he go pray? And why did he spend 30 years in Nazareth? Like, couldn't even more efficient and practical to do other things? Uh, and why, I don't know, why is our formation so long? It's because 
if we go out as sorry for information by that, I mean like our studies that are 12 years, you know, if I go out to be a priest, I don't know, just like from day one, I think, oh, I'm just going to do good. Like, it's so easy for me to lose my center and then I'm not really doing anyone a favor, mm-hmm. you know. But if I have Christ at the center, which takes a long time, it takes kind of messing up and going back again and going yeah. back and again, go back again. Yep. Uh, then I can affront any challenge. And that's why what we were saying before, like you can be sad and happy at the same time. Just because you're sad doesn't mean you can't be happy mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, uh, yeah, there can be kind of sad on the surface, but inside and deep down yeah. because we're anchored in Christ and we're anchored in someone who loves us fully and knows who we are. That's where we're going to find yeah. real happiness. That's where we're going to find an answer, so to speak, sort of an answer to this question of why is there suffering? Why is there evil? At least something that can carry us through those difficult moments. Exactly. I think the the fundamental reason why there is evil in the world is not because of a choice that comes from God. It is true that he has created us in his image and likeness, which means that we are human beings, we're free. And love uh, implies, in a way, uh, it's the opposite, you know, doing something bad, because we're free. Love comes from freedom. But if evil doesn't come from God, where does it come from? Well, I think it it comes from us. Um, evil is a free act that that we that we make as human beings. It's, it's evil is is separating ourselves from from the one who gave us life. Uh, it's sin. It's that's what that's what evil is. Um, and so the origin of of the the suffering in the world is not cannot be attributed to God. Oh well, God created the world and. And you know he created us, and we we sin, and so therefore God created our sin. No, that doesn't doesn't work like no. that. God created everything to be good, in Genesis one and two, I believe everything is good. But then in Genesis three, we're the ones who don't trust God, and we decide to to introduce disorder into into the universe. Sort of like, so imagine imagine a magnet, and you have three rings, okay. And so the magnet would be like, I guess you could say God or divine life. And these three rings are sort of like vertical. So the, so, the, so you have the magnet on top, and then right below the magnet t- attached to it is um, a ring that represents a soul. Okay? And then right below that ring, um, not interlocked with it, but like touching it, is a ring that represents the body. And then right below that ring is the, is the third ring, um, which represents nature, everything that we can see. When everything is connected in the right way to God, our soul, our body, and all of nature is in harmony with each other. And that's the way the world was created. That, that's the way, <laughs> that's what we read about. That, that's that's the, the, the beginning paradise that we kind of all think about, you know, and that many religions sort of like talk about, ah, oh, yeah, the world used to be like this, or, but then, and then there's always like some story of like how, how there was a fall or something bad happened. So, but once sin came into the into the picture, well, those rings were separated, okay? And so, all, obviously, the divine life that flowed through all of them was, was severed. And so, the soul was not lo- no longer connected to the body. And when that happens, what happens when, the, well, death. When the soul and the body are separated, um, we die. 
And then, well, obviously nature is no longer connected to either of those things. And so man no longer has dominion over nature like God originally intended. You know, he said you know, he, he submitted all of creation to man. You know, we're made in his image and likeness. And so because of sin, because of our free choice, there's disorder in the world. And that's why even, even physical evil in the world, things that, are, that fall outside of our direct decision-making, like, I don't know, just these, these freak accidents or these tragedies that happen that nobody actually decides, even those things can be traced back to our initial sin, our original sin. And that means that even physical evil is, be, is a res- direct result of, of, of our sin, and it's not from God. And so how do, we so how do we solve all this? Well, that's what happens today on Good Friday. Um, Jesus heals our original sin. He puts those rings back together, and he connects them back to God. Now, because God entered the universe, um, he's, he's, well, God is outside of time. He created the world. And so the solution that, that he gave us on Good Friday by falling like a grain of wheat to the ground and dying so that there will be fruit, that is a process that happens slowly in us. And so we have to, like you were saying earlier, Brother Luke, we have to, we have to just like, like, like an anchor. We have to anchor down into the hope that by following Jesus, by entrusting our lives to him, by putting him in the center, he is going to reorder our lives. And he is going to give us hope even when we suffer all these physical evils, even when we're betrayed or we're hurt by somebody. He, he's the one um, where we can calmly relax, at the, like at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the, the water at the top is roaring, we can still um, rest in him. I think one of, the, one of the things we know, that, okay, so the worst thing ever happens today, God dies on the cross. Okay, so whatever we can think of, like, I, I had a really tough day yesterday because my boss yelled at me or, like, I spilled milk on my favorite, like, uh, Armchair. Hulk shirt, Your Avenger what? t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Whatever it might be, there's nothing, no, like, it, you can't compare to that. Like, either the death of God or the fact that we killed God, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing worse. Yeah. But what happens God saves us. Salvation is brought exactly in that moment when, like, things were as dark as they could possibly ever get. And that, for me, is the key to understanding this entire thing, which is there's no evil that God can't bring out something better. Yeah. All right, so there's there's order, there's disorder, there's evil, there's suffering. There's Okay, but if we're Christian, it means that the, Christ has the last word. He is the word. He has the last word yeah. in any, anything that I suffer. Right, and so maybe there's there's never gonna be an end to the suffering as long as we live, and there won't be. And Christ has already told us that, like, hey, get ready for yeah. mom to be against daughter, get ready to be handed over unjustly mm-hmm. to trials, and get ready to be martyred. Yeah, in and the world you take up your trouble. cross. Yeah, right. Like Christ, Christ doesn't really sugarcoat the path that we have to follow as Christians, but He does promise heaven. He says, "I'm preparing a place for you." He does promise to remain with us always until the end of time. And so there's, out of any evil and the worst thing that could happen, we don't have to have fear. We can be full of hope, like Brother Andrew's saying, because we know that God will bring out something even better. So from the worst thing in the world, Christ 
tore open the gates of heaven and just allows us all to flood in, even though we don't deserve it. If that's the if that's the consequence of the worst thing that could ever happen in history, mm-hmm. I think we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could add anything to that. <laughs> so I mean, I guess we should wrap up this episode. Um, let us know if you're satisfied with these little, uh, <laughs> these little like uh, I don't know what you want to call them, but these little ideas that we've been sharing with you all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, please let us know and. Um, it's such a complicated topic, um, and it's it's not one that we can ever do do justice to. Uh, it's one we have to kind of like think with, grapple with. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think and where where we can what we can talk about more. And I think what what we can do practically speaking is a prayer by Mother Teresa, which I love. So when I'm hungry, Lord, give me someone to feed, and when I'm lonely, Lord, give me someone to keep company. And I'm kind of just making this up as I go. But the idea is that that you know since we all have this common experience of suffering. Something that I can do practically today, concretely in my life, is turn and help my neighbor and be like a Simon of Cyrene that helps Jesus carry his cross. Because we all have them, and so I can be sure that a kind word and a smile and a favor I can do for someone goes a long way. Because it won't eliminate suffering from that person's life, but it will allow them to see that ah, there is hope, there is light. Right, because that suffering that you see, it draws out of you an act of love that wasn't originally there. And in some mysterious way, it's almost, you could say, in a way, caused by that suffering. Yeah, it's, uh, suffering creates an opportunity. Exactly. And, and that's the genius of God. That's, that's, that's the divine artistry that, that he shows us. That even out of the worst things, he can draw so much good. And so next time we're going to talk about Job. Because but Andrew was uh, really yeah. excited about talking about Job, and yeah. then he didn't mention him we, once. We so kind of forgot about that'll it. That'll be next episode. <laughs> but uh, for now, another praying for you. And remember, folks, we don't just do. We doom quit. God bless.